0: Everybody. welcome to another episode of Talkers and Tattoos. I'm here with my friend Melanie Roach and she has a business called Business Design Alchemist. And I would love to know a little bit more about what it is that you do. You want to kind of detail that out for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, thank you for having me. It's great to, to talk to you. Um, the Business Design
1: Alchemist is a full service digital marketing business that is designed to work with um, women in the spiritual and heart-led space so everything related to the digital footprint whether it's just holding their hand to start a business or handling the entire back end it's more about empowering women to be able to launch grow and scale their own business
0: i love that do you have a specific uh, like unique selling proposition that is your formula um well it's kind of always meeting our clients where they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So
1: the thing is um, here, here's what I learned about myself in the last few years. I have that Gemini brain where I can think about two totally different things that to most people don't match, but to me they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found that I thought was normal for me is that I am very much into the um, holistic spiritual woo type space, but also very, organized, very structured, very disciplined. And those two usually don't come together. So what I had discovered was people that I was working with, that were in the spiritual space, they were having a hard time finding people who could help with their systems, their processes, um, setting up the business, because they were connecting with people who were very much in the woo space and spiritual and manifestation. But they kind of were a little bit flaky with the follow through. Mm-hmm. So Or they would work with people who were completely structured and knew how to set up a business, but they did not understand the, the energy and the vibration behind a spiritual, you know, or holistic business. And so they felt like they just weren't being heard or understood. Um, what I realized is that that Gemini brain comes in handy for me because I can walk both paths equally and I can help, um, manifestation coaches, um, Fitness coaches, life coaches, um, wellness brands, day spas, things like that, that want that very high energy feel. But I can mm-hmm. also help them by structuring, organizing, and systemizing their their business for them.
0: Okay, I love so, that. Kind of so amazing. incredibly valuable. So how long have you been doing that? Uh, six years. Oh,
1: wow! Well,
0: wow. Well, then how do how do you get started with that?
1: Um, interestingly enough, I was in uh, the corporate space, and mm-hmm. my youngest child had a mental health episode, and um, it required me to stop working, you know, sixty hours a week, so far from home. And I needed to figure out how to uh, be able to work from home and still, you know, make ends meet, but be available to her when when she got out of school. And so I took all the things that I love to do in the corporate world and created my own business and jumped in.
0: Both feet. Sorry. <laughs> the roommate the dog and it discovered my dog and now it's having a fit. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Give me one second. Can you take Katrina upstairs? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> He's under the table. Okay, Okay, me my boyfriend's good to edit he can edit. <laughs> Thank goodness oh. all right, so I'm sorry. All right. So as someone that is building your own business, what do you see as far as it's one thing to have relationships with clients and be doing this bigger picture thing. But when it comes to relationships with friends and family and even romantic partners, it can be really difficult because a lot of people don't even understand what it is that we do right so it could feel really lonely i remember when i first started building my online business i was telling my mom all about these things that i was like discovering in the personal development side of things that i was like figuring out and she was just like what is that like she just didn't understand and then i had a boyfriend at the time and i was like hey look at all this stuff and he was like well you can make money at that like what is what is that Mm -hmm. So how what advice do you have for or what have you seen in your own journey uh, that has made building relationships easier?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned um, is that it is unfair to you. Or to another person to try and make them responsible for filling all of your buckets. So if you're in a partnership or you're in a romantic relationship or a marriage, it is unfair to expect that person who fills your romantic bucket um, and your intimacy bucket to also be your best friend, your business strategist, your sounding board. It sounds nice. But it is really a lot to put on someone to be the Mm -hmm. entire reason for, you know, your your happiness, your peace, your your unhappiness. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is realizing that we need to have multiple people who fit each compartment of our life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to have a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife um, who makes us feel loved and special and safe and secure. And that's great. But then we also need the friends who remind us that we're still just people. I'm still just Melanie, you know, and and I I love to dance and I love to go listen to music. But then I also need the person who has that entrepreneurial mindset who can sit and, you know, generate ideas with me or be my sounding board. And I call and say, hey, this is something that I'm thinking about doing. How does that sound? And because you're in the same type of space as me, you can say, I think that sounds great. That's definitely necessary. Or "Mm, I really don't think that's going to land the way you think it is but to expect our our best friend from childhood or high school to give us that feedback or our boyfriend husband wife to to be able to give us good business advice i just think is is unfair and it sets us up for failure in all those relationships mm-hmm. and being able to to have almost like your your team of people in your life that fill each of your needs separately and fully i think that's the biggest key to to developing the stronger relationships
0: yeah i really agree with that i i grew up i think a lot of women grew up with this idea of like finding the one and only and it's like oh we just had to find a partner to fill all of our needs and then we just like forget all of our friends and throw everything into the relationship and a lot of women make that mistake only to put so much pressure on him and expectations on him that it is setting up for failure. There's a book that my counselor recommended to me back when I started my healing journey. It was called Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Have you read that book before? I haven't. Yeah, it's all about that concept of like the reason passion gets like killed in a relationship is because we put so much on our partner, and one person possibly can't be all of those things. It really does take a village, but especially in the American culture, we really have like isolated ourselves. Like, look at what's happened with new mothers. Like they just have this crazy burden on themselves and where it used to, they used to have a whole village to help them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And what, what can, what are some signs that you've seen maybe in yourself or your friends of someone like struggling with that with putting too much expectations on one person.
1: Well, for one, you know, we saw a lot of um marriages and relationships dissolve due to the pandemic and people will mm-hmm. will just use the term, you know, our relationship was a casualty of the pandemic. And I really think that that happened because when we stopped going to work and we stopped, you know, having lunch and chatting with our with our work friends or we stopped mm-hmm. going out for for brunch and cocktails with our with our girlfriends, the person that we were living with became that everything. Yes. And that's just too much, you know. I mean like uh, imagine and and this this may sound, you know, petty, but as women these are the things that we do. You know, we take the person that that we're in a relationship with and we want to feel sexy and special and loved and protected. And then when we want to have that talk with them about you know how we're not feeling like we look good in our clothes or you know we we want someone to hold us accountable for our diet or you know working out more and you're frustrated because this this part this client you know is treating you this way and you know we know that our partners they want to come in and fix things so as soon as they say well then you should drop that client and get a new one we get defensive and we're like well no we can't do that that doesn't make sense or as soon as they say hey i thought you wanted to go to the gym more all of a sudden This person who's supposed to love us and make us feel beautiful and protected. We're like, oh, so now you think I'm fat? No, you put this expectation on this person. You told them you wanted this, but then you didn't really want it. And I think trying to, you know, have that one person wear all those hats, that's just not successful because we can't change the hat that we're wearing when we talk to them. Yeah. If you and I held each other accountable for diet and exercise, and I say, you know, I'm going out for margaritas tonight, and as my friend, you say, did you go to the gym today before you did that? I'd be like, oh, you know what, Keeley? you're right, you're right, I'm I'm going to hit the gym, and then I'll, I'll go, that'll make me feel better. But if my boyfriend or my husband said that to me, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, you know, and now it's a big fight, because I expected him to be able to fill the role of my friend and my partner, and it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah it's true. If if you think about how that feels. Like I always go in to put myself in the situation and then, yeah, if my girlfriend was like, "Bitch, you said you were going to do this and now you're not doing it." I'd be like, "Thanks for calling me out, bestie," <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But if your boyfriend says it, you're like, "How dare you tell me I'm imperfect."
1: <laughs> exactly, because they hold a more intimate space with us and how dare they be able to say words that are going to shine a light on on our weaknesses or the things that we, you know, kind of try and spruce up and make look pretty for, for that person. You know what I mean? It's just, it's entirely different.
0: Yeah. And I know so many people that women that have come down to, I guess I could probably name like almost a dozen people I've met that had come to Mexico from Canada or the U S or even like Germany and Poland. I mean, people from all the world that broke up with their partner or husband during the pandemic. And it is because we started relying on them for so many things, but it's also that it like cracked things that already were like cracking because of the excess stress that it put on it. A lot of the Canadians, uh there was so much like extremism there with certain like regulations that it mm-hmm. like literally you can see it in some of them, it like broke them a little and they'll talk about their partners and be like, This literally broke me and my partner was like, fine. And I felt like they couldn't understand what I was going through. And I actually broke up with a boyfriend for similar reasons because my life was falling apart and I was like, why don't you do something or help me? But they literally couldn't. Mm -hmm. And so then I just had to, like, it was like, once that happened, there was no going back because I lost trust in their ability to be there for me, but it wasn't their fault. It was just like a crazy extreme situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people came to that realization. And so what I've seen
1: post pandemic has been really interesting because um, I got divorced and moved a thousand miles away um, after after the pandemic. Um, And what I found was one being an entrepreneurial woman working from home, being strong and, you know, Hyper independent and feeling the need to provide for everybody, especially my team, you know, like this, this business has to pay their bills as well. So, you know, you you take that very personally, and it's a lot to hold on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And what was happening is women who either um, survived the pandemic with their relationship, or they didn't survive the pandemic with the relationship intact, felt the need to get out of that all encompassing bubble again. Mm -hmm. And So many women did not have connections anymore. They they didn't have these close friendships, whether they had moved or they got divorced, you know, and and friendships are not the same after you have a breakup, things like that. What was happening is with so many of us spending so much time indoors, we were truly feeling lonely. And you know, we're becoming a, a generation of lonely women, and not in a in a sad, you know, spinster type of way, but in all we do is talk to clients all day. We, we talk to our team members, you know, we sit at home working in in the same four walls and they kind of start closing in. Mm-hmm. And so I know in my area, I found this to be a really big thing. And so I actually started um, a, a social group here in the area. And there are 650 women in this group now oh where gosh. the whole purpose is to create relationships and friendships, to enjoy life with, you know, you want to go listen to live music. Fine. There are 10 people at a moment's notice that will, you know, show up there tonight. You want to learn how to go, you know, paddle boarding or, or kayaking. There's a whole group of women that'll make a weekend out of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're all cre- craving that, that connection. And that's what was really, that's what was really lost. And when we own our own businesses, think about it. You can eat, sleep and breathe your business all day long. Right. Mm-hmm. But you start to lose yourself there too. Yeah. So you have to have those work friends and then you have to have those life friends to be able to actually get you out of work mode because we will work 80 hours a week if we're allowed to and actually get out of the house and experience life. And I think that's what kind of brings the balance and the relationships and the friendships, whether you have a romantic relationship as well. These women, these, these relationships that you build going to be the ones that that keep you in that space of happiness and peace and contentment and being able to be the best you know wife girlfriend um dating partner that you can be and the best you know employer you know coach whatever whatever line of work you're in but but you need that balance
0: yeah and i think that you know it used to be women had like women's groups and all these things and then at some point we like moved away from it a little bit like we made fun of it and mocked it and then we like moved away from it now we're like moving back into it and even here in in queretaro in these facebook groups there's like um i'm in a whatsapp group for it too where women are like hey we're having like a women's meetup and some of them are like woo woo and spiritual and stuff like that and it's really cool to have that type of connection because Yeah. When you, it it can be hard when you have an online business specific like this to make connections with someone that's not an entrepreneur, but they also have things that they can offer you other insight, other connections. And as long as they have similar personalities and maybe values and things, interests that you can go do together, it still has a lot of value.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, I think you, you raise a good point that we used to have those groups, and then we started making fun of them. But if you think about like how those groups came about, it was because those groups of women were typically like forced together,
0: mm-hmm. whether
1: they worked together, or um, they went to school together, or their kids went to school together, or their kids played sports together. So you kind of like didn't have much of a choice, but to become friends with the soccer moms, you know, because these are the people that you see all the time. Mm hmm. And so then there was, you know, often some some cattiness or there were some personalities that clashed and everything. But now after your kids aren't in school and they're not in sports, you know, what I mean, after they're not small kids um, where everyone has to be invited to every birthday party. Women don't even have the opportunity to make those friends anymore. But now we have the luxury of being able to handpick our friends. Mm -hmm. You know, find the women who love jazz the way you do or find the women who, you know, love trying every type of dancing out there or find the artistic women who want to do all the art classes and candle pouring and, you know, butcher block painting, whatever you want. But now we're able to really choose. And I think we're mindfully choosing who's Mm -hmm. in our circle because I think we're really realizing that, you know, the people that we associate with have absolute power to affect our moods and and all of that. And I think it's very interesting to watch it shift.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because if we think about our progression through life, when we're in high school, we choose our friends based on being in high school and some similar classes. Then when we go to college, same thing, sorority, some of classes, maybe a after school activity type of thing. But then when you're thrown into the adult world, it's if especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're online and you're at home, you don't have coworkers. Mm-hmm. and some women really struggle to have hobbies. So for, for me, when I started going out and dancing at dance classes, I made friends doing that, but they still weren't always aligned. We had that similar interest, but we weren't exactly like the best, you know, we would, we would be friends within the context of that. So there was still value there, but now, and then as I've traveled, I've met people, but the best people that I've met, the best friends that I have now, I have, they have similar missions to me i think you talk about that with you know when you're mission-led and you're really heart-centered you have to the the best friends that you'll have the best relationship you'll have is people that are similar to that even in romantic relationships because i met my best friend that lived in mexico with me for almost a year she i met her at a marketing event in california and then i just met another woman her name is tracy and she's quickly becoming my my best friend and i met her at a spanish class But she also does online marketing. We met in in the town and we like hit it off and stuff. But even when I look at my intimate relationship, he's still mission driven. He may not be an online entrepreneur, but he's still like driven by the mission versus the money. Yeah. And so that's been like the foundation of being able to really form a relationship from from the start.
1: But I think it's great that you have that that observation of it. And I think that's what a lot of us are growing into now is recognizing, mm-hmm. because remember, we, if you look back on the generation of women who raised us, they taught us to look for the partner who's going to financially provide for us, mm-hmm. make life easier, um, you know, allow us to to be good mothers and stay home. And once we tried that, how many of us were really happy with that? you know, look at the divorce rate, look at, you know, the, the remarriage rate. Like we, we tried it that way because we were told that's what we needed to do and didn't really work out so great. So now we're saying, you know what, I can make my own money, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite lines is, you know, Cher says that her mother told her, you know, to settle down and marry a rich man. And she said, mom, I am a rich man. Yeah. I I love that quote. The power of creating our own abundant lives and our own stream of income and our own strong businesses we're not looking for someone to pay our bills. We're looking for someone to align with us and walk this path Mm -hmm. and make life a little more enjoyable because we see it the same way.
0: It's that saying that I remember my mom used to say, it was like, there are men that you, I think it's like, like, there's men you have sex with and there's men you marry, right? And it's like, you look for that safe, stable guy. And yeah, I think women are figuring out that that isn't all it's cracked up to be because then you get stability and naturally the human brain's like okay i have stability now i'm looking for uncertainty and excitement and if he can't offer that then it's like we feel unfulfilled in that manner and so we're we're going out seeking that but maybe his values aren't aligned with that but yeah nowadays now that we men we don't need men for stability and money it's creating a crisis within men
1: well, you know what that is their own problem they need to step up their game it's true they're, and, they're, and they are like, Men are they're, now in our lives because we want them to be mm-hmm. not because we need them to be
0: and that's that's it but it's so funny that it's 2023 and that is just now happening yes. but i know in the 80s like women when, when was it just recently like in the 90s that women could buy a house without a man or get a loan without a man
1: it was not too long ago. It wasn't
0: yeah. too long ago. But for us, it feels like that feels like it was like the night, like 1920, you know. But it really was like my mom's generation. Mm-hmm. So that is crazy to well, think. Well, for about. us, we will hop in the car, go, you know, shopping at the mall,
1: spend what we want, buy what we want, come home, do all that. And it was our mother's generation where, you know, you kind of needed a man to go with you to, to do that stuff. And, you know, e- even the driving thing way back, like, 40s and 50s, there weren't that many women who were
0: driving themselves anywhere either.
1: Yeah. So, we're progressing us, so quickly. Normal, Yeah.
0: We're harassing her- so quickly through all that stuff. Like it's and now with social media and the internet. Oh my gosh, it's blowing my mind right now when you think about it.
1: But it's also interesting, and and this is the sad realization. Um, but I hope that it ends up being better for us. Um mental health and and emotional wise but if you think about it you know more and more people are realizing that relationships can be seasonal and it's okay Mm -hmm. you know like when you're when you're young and you want to get married and and raise children you're looking for that stable solid get up and go to work come home every day you know like this is our life we're raising our children everything is peaceful But then when they're a little bit older and you start feeling restless, you know, this is not the necessarily the partner who's gonna take you out dancing. This is not the partner who's, you know, gonna sweep you off your feet and, you know, spend an entire passionate weekend with you, you know, just like that that's not who you married, that's not who you signed up for. And then expecting them to be able to change that leads to problems. You know, when I got divorced, one of the one of my friends said to me, the the problem is that you married someone who fit the job description that you had at the time to raise children, to to be the the fun parent so that you could be the responsible one. But then as the kids got older and they didn't need the fun parent anymore, you expected him to step up and be the responsible one and to, to be more of a breadwinner. The problem is you changed the job, not the person in it.
0: Exactly. And when I heard that, I was like,
1: wow, you're right. In my mind, I expected this person to change exactly the way I wanted them to but we don't change. We are who we are. So maybe a relationship is very fulfilling for a season. We just have a hard time letting go because what are people going to think if we get divorced? What are people going to think, you know, if we didn't stay together? And that is still something that plays um, a big part in a lot of um, unhappy relationships or relationships that have overstayed their welcome, things like that. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know if there is an answer, but that is something that I see a lot of people struggling with right now.
0: Well, this is such a big topic um yeah, because the thing is is we a lot of a lot of us do f- change as we flow through life like the situations change, and some people are not adaptable to that, and so these guys that were perfect for this situation could not adapt to a higher level or a different situation and it's interesting how it it's affected the generations differently because my grandparents their level of consciousness was so basic. Like they were the American dream, like got married young, had stable jobs, bought a house, it was paid for, went on the family RV vacation with the two kids. Like, and every time I tried to have a conversation with my grandma about level, you know, things of higher consciousness, she could not grasp it. Like her ability was just, it was like, it was so simple. And my mom also, my mom struggles to grasp higher levels of consciousness thinking like, like um, really to understand psychology based ideas. It's, it's a struggle mm-hmm. for her. And now as we've, as the generations have progressed and even people in, was it the gen, gen Z, which is the one before the millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Cause gen X is the young ones. Yeah. Even they're starting to grasp onto it. And it's once you get to a higher level of consciousness, you can't date someone that is lower than you. And so when you have partnerships, now we're expanding so quickly as people. When we have partnerships and one person is expanding their consciousness and their awareness and their other partner is not... It's going to break apart. Like there's no way they to keep it together. Life. Yeah. And before, and now with the internet and TikTok and all these this information coming at you, you can expand so quickly with that knowledge, where before it was so much slower. And so people would stay together quick, uh more more often than not. But I also read an article from Jennifer Anderson in one of the magazines, whatever, and she talked about she was married like two or three times. And mm-hmm. she said something that I had never really heard a, a concept no one had ever talked about before. And it was that idea of relationships serve a purpose at the time. And it's okay if they don't work out forever because we've been conditioned to believe that permanence is success.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like having a marriage for 50 years is success. We idealize that. but. Is it really success? Were they really happy? Was it really something that was fulfilling and purposeful, or were they just doing it out of obligation, like you said? That is an
1: amazing observation, and I love that. I want to go find that article now because you know that's that's similar. It's it's that taboo around saying it served the purpose and the time, but I've grown beyond that. Mm-hmm. because there will always be those people who will say, you know, that's very selfish of you. You know, how can you break apart your family just because you changed and things like that. But, you know, there, there needs to not be so much one, we know there needs to not be so much judgment. We're never going to be able to change that, but we, we need to be able to to have those conversations even, even with ourselves with that, you know, and, you know, while, while we're sitting here talking about, um, how it's a crisis for men and everything and how we as hyper independent women you know we want a certain thing and and if the partner can't grow with us and all that that's one thing but you know if you stop and think about it from the reverse side too think about you know like i have i have a brother who was with a woman that he knew would be a a wonderful doting mom she wanted to stay at home and everything wanted to to be the stay at home mom and he was like that's that's great as the kids get older they don't need a stay at home mom anymore Mm -hmm. they're becoming more expensive. They're going to be going to college. Now we need two incomes. And by the same token, he now expects, you know, the woman to say, okay, well, the kids don't need me anymore. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go back to what I used to do, something like that, be able to contribute. And she says, no, no, that's, that's not why I got married. I got married to be able to do this. And so you look at those um, from both gender Mm -hmm. sides of what you expect in the moment and what you what you create this relationship for, and then how the dynamic changes and what happens when one person isn't ready to make those same changes. And that's where that misalignment comes in. And you have to be able to say, you know, it it served its purpose. It served it well, you know, we had a stable, happy, healthy home. Children knew that they were loved. They're now, you know, gonna be strong members of society. But now it's time to say, I'm no longer happy in the relationship that I'm in. I need to be happy. She needs to be happy. He needs to be happy, whatever the case may be. And being able to do that, you know, in the best way possible.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And that'd be really tough to sign up for a relationship where you're like, Oh yeah, take care of the kids. And then all of a sudden you become obsolete. (laughs) Like that's a little bit harsh from his end, but I can also see it's like, well, you need to do something with yourself. Like, and find a new purpose, and I can see how that would create a lot of crisis
1: mm-hmm. for sure, I, I have
0: three three children, um,
1: and when I was married my my ex-husband had four, so between us we had seven kids, and they were little. Mm-hmm. now the youngest one is in high school, the oldest one is pushing thirty. you know I mean, like, if I were the stay at home parent, what am I doing now?
0: Yeah, exactly. And-
1: as these kids got older and needed more things. Am I contributing to that because they're not coming home for me to make lunch and snacks anymore? Mm-hmm. So how am I providing for those children in a way that was different than the way I provided for them when they were two, three, four, five and couldn't do anything for themselves? You know what I mean? So I don't mean it to sound like they become obsolete, but the needs of the family change. Well, that makes sense. The yeah. Members of the family don't change to meet those needs. That's when you end up in you know resentful relationships and and things like that, and then it's then it's not the happy home that you wanted to provide.
0: That makes sense, yeah. And I, I can't speak to the family aspect of things, but I know in my early 20s, the, life, the lifestyle that I wanted to live changed drastically. When I first got engaged, um, I wanted to be the farm girl. And then as I separated, I wanted to travel more and have new experiences. And I remember my ex telling me, he said, When we started dating, you were the girl that wanted to sit in the middle of the pickup next to her man. And that was true. But then I evolved and I was like, well, I've been doing this my entire life. I grew up in the country. Like, I want to travel. I want to experience new things. I want to start this business. I want to do these things. And he couldn't support that vision for me. And it just quickly became really toxic. And I felt trapped within the confines of what he wanted for me. So it is like when we seek friendships and partnerships, we really do have to look for people that are going to be able to allow us to expand and then also release this idea of like, we have to make this work. Because it just confines everybody to a box. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It wasn't meant to be forever,
1: mm-hmm. or it wasn't meant to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were exposed to the same things and and you know made those growth changes as well, then it it would have lasted longer. It would have, you know taken on a different direction. But when it's a unilateral growth or change in perspective, that's when you've you've got that that misalignment and it's part of life it's all it's all growing
0: and evolving yeah I mean you can also think about how how marriage was developed this concept of marriage because it's not really like something that's supernatural to us without societal pressures so sometimes it just isn't lot like staying with one person forever isn't meant for everybody and that's okay and it's so it's so hard for me being outside of the culture of it all to see women just feel so guilty and shamed for doing what's best for them. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that is something that I have a really hard time with, because I think, you know, no matter what, life is too short to live it unhappy absolutely and whatever makes you happy as long as you're not you know physically causing pain to someone else or destroying someone else's ability to to have a happy life you should be able to live it in the way that you see fit you know when when marriage as a as a construct was developed and everything and even as it has progressed up until you know probably the last 20 years you had a very small circle of influence. You know, it was mm-hmm. only certain certain people, certain events, certain news that you that you got, and that kept you in this small space where you were happy. Like this is how you lived your life. But now that everything is open, and you have the ability to learn, you know, cultures from you know tens of thousands of miles away that you'll never even visit, but find things that resonate with you. If we're now exposed to so much more, how are we still? as a society, expecting people to live in that same little bubble, Mm -hmm. but don't be closed-minded, be open-minded, you know, go out and learn more, explore more, but don't leave home. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to do that. And it's just one of those paradigms where, you know, the, what we're saying we want people to experience is not really what we want people to experience because then we're afraid that it's changing everything else. And, and I think it's that imbalance That is really, really hard. You know, I mean, you you hear women say all the time, you know, be thin but not too thin, you know, be be curvy but not too sexy, you know, be Mm -hmm. smart but not too smart, make money but not more money. Um be driven but not overdriven. Like Mm -hmm. where is this, where is this hard stop that we say, okay, we want you to learn so much, but this is your limit? Because if you go outside of that, then you're gonna start breaking down all of these societal norms that we've got in place that keep us operating this way. It doesn't work that way. You can't have both.
0: Yeah. And I want to go back to what you said about living your life and however you want, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. A lot of women, when when they know it's time to step outside of a relationship, they feel so guilty because they know it's going to hurt their partner. And I know that even though when I broke up with my narcissistic ex and he was so cruel to me, I felt guilty. Like, oh, I'm hurting him. I feel like the bad guy, but really when you step back, he was doing horrible things to me, but we feel guilty. And we're like, Oh, if I leave, I'm going to hurt him. He's going to, who's going to take care of him. Who's going to do this and that. But we have to realize as women that other people's emotions aren't our responsibility. Like, yes, it's an unfortunate thing happening to them, but they have new opportunities from it and they can find someone that's going to be better aligned with them. So it's really a gift. And to this, this idea of um, don't, you know, other people's projections of don't be too thin don't be too curvy like the way to free ourselves from that is to stop caring about what other people think of us and that's really scary because we have this herd mentality and we want to fit in and we want to be socially accepted and all these things but there's so much freedom when you can just look at it all and stare it all down and be like screw you i'm gonna do what i want
1: i i completely agree and i think that in the next generation we'll probably see more of that harmony in that. I think mm-hmm. we are the generation that is caught in the middle because while we are the generation that has had our eyes opened and our our consciousness expanded, we are still the generation that was raised to be the good girl, to be the nice girl, to keep everybody happy, to not make waves, to not be trouble. And so we are the generation of women with that split identity. Mm-hmm. I want to be happy, but I can't do it if someone else is going to be unhappy. So mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? teaching the girls of the next generation nobody is responsible for your happiness but you and you are not responsible for anyone's happiness except your own so it's it's almost like we are that that bridge generation right now and we're going to make sure that the next one is set and is better able to handle it it's just this really painful type of of time now where we are the ones having to battle the um, what are people going to think about me? What are they going to say? You know, I'm the bad guy. How can I do something that that hurts someone else? We are really the ones that are struggling the most with all that.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like I have been breaking so many generational curses in my family because I see within my mom, all these insecurities, all these struggles, all these, she's just like battling against the world and all these things in different ways, but she's not conscious of the the mental aspect of it like it's just like she's doing these things in this pattern that's not super constructive and i'm like hey do you realize you're doing that she's like well it's just the way the world is you know she's like badly, it's the way the world is and then there's us that's like okay well i'm gonna struggle less how can i struggle less within this and communicate better and i think uh there's also this balance with the um like my my emotions are my own responsibility their emotions are their own responsibility but there's also like when we swing to i've seen it where we swing too far there's people that will straight up hurt people with that mentality because they'll be like oh well those are your emotions it's your own problem and they don't communicate clearly it's it's a complex thing where we really have to it it all has to fit together with all the other things too, mm-hmm. like being able to communicate and being able to be sincere and be honest. And uh, it's definitely this complex issue and it's interesting to watch the dynamics play out within it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's, I'll go for it.
1: <laughs> no, I was just saying it's, it's a, it's a very <laughs> interesting awakening that we're, that we're all going through and I can't wait to see how it continues to play out in, in the coming years.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're all in an ant box and the ant box is getting shaken. hmm <laughs> Like an well, they call it a it's like an ant house, like we're an we're, ant farm. We're, long, you know, we're an ant farm and they're like shaking it. Like, what's that? What's gonna happen if we shake you? And then um, watch what we rebuild. It's gonna be better and stronger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we're almost out of time. Do you have any like final takeaways that you want everybody to have? Like if you could, oh, how about this? If you could go back and give 20 year old Melanie some advice, what would that be?
1: They're going to talk about you anyway, make it a good story.
0: Ooh, I love that. I used to tell myself, um, hit them with a plot twist. Hmm. I like that too. Yeah. Cause when I was like shaking things up and making people unhappy with my decisions, I would just be like, it's a plot twist. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, I figured, you know, if we if we live our
1: entire lives, you know, trying to make sure that people aren't talking about us, we're going to fail because they're going to talk about us. Mm-hmm. That's good to talk about.
0: That could go into a whole nother hour discussion about business and social media content and putting yourself out there and all this, stuff. But we don't have time for that. So well, when you're ready, we'll do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, I really appreciate this. Thank you for putting up with a... Uh, the complications of trying to run a podcast in Mexico and traveling and all these things, but we will make it a good, we made it a good one. We did Absolutely. that. It <laughs> a good one. <laughs> okay. Is there, how would you like everybody to connect with you? Um, they can go to
1: thebusinessdesignalchemist.com. Um, email me at melanie at thebusinessdesignalchemist.com or just look on Facebook or Instagram. Same
0: thing. The Business Design Alchemist. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. Are you an ambitious and independent woman who's ready to start attracting your aligned masculine partner, but have struggled with settling in the past? Join the free masterclass to start attracting him in less than 30 days by tapping into a hidden feminine superpower that you already have. Go to girlstopcrying.com to sign up.